0: This one on today is going to be rough. Luke, (laughs) somebody was like every week rough. (laughs) (laughs) Luke chapter 6. We're gonna launch our reading at verse 32. Luke chapter 6, verse 32. Are y'all ready for this word? Okay, y'all didn't really say nothing, so y'all probably not. Are y'all ready for this word? All right. Now remember, y'all said yeah. Okay, okay. Luke chapter 6, verse 32. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus says, But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, What credit is that to you? For even sinners do that. And if you lend, uh uh-oh, if you lend to those whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies do good and lend hoping for nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the thankful to the unthankful and evil therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful So our verse of emphasis, our clause of concern, where we are going to park and be uncomfortable for the rest of our sermonic journey on this afternoon, lives and takes residence in verse thirty-five of our foundational text, where Jesus says, "Love your friends." I read it wrong. I'm sorry. That's all. Text says, "Oh, Jesus says, love." Those who support you. He's saying love difficult people. Love hard to deal with people. Love your enemies. And not just that, lend to them. Not just that, be good to them. Because when you do that, great will be your reward and you and I will be called sons of God. Just as our Heavenly Father is merciful to us, extend that same mercy to others. love It's almost as if Jesus is articulating, I need you to be able to respond lovingly to the unloving. <laughs> And I found it so interesting that Jesus says, hoping for nothing in return. It reminded me of our Therapy Thursday session that we had a few months ago um, entitled, Stop Expecting You From Them. Because exaggerating our place in somebody else's heart leads to heartbreak. Jesus has actually given us the cheat code on how to not be disappointed from people. Don't expect nothing from them. See the claps? I know it's going to get a lot rougher. Okay. Don't expect anything from them. But if you're going to do good, do good just because I'm good. If you're going to love, just love because I love. See, many times we confuse the eros with the agape. The Greek word eros is where we get the word in English erotic. We confuse passionate love, lust, same type of desire with agape. Agape love is self-sacrificing love. It is love that's more about God's will, not your emotions or their response. So to corroborate my claim in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 familiar passage of scripture. It says, but God shows his love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So in other words, I need my people to be able to display my love and be a kingdom representative when you're dealing with things and people who don't love you back." Y'all should see y'all face. I know. I know, pastor. That sounds a little toxic. Or is it you are not called to befriend leeches? You are not called to date takers. So I don't do all that. It's because you're trying to exercise eros on somebody who's hell sent. See? You agape everybody. You agape your mama, you agape your friends, you agape your enemies. It's not about them extending it back to you, it's I'm loving you out of God's love for me. Father, please help us on today, because I already can feel that it's kind of thick in here. And I pray, God, that you will give us the heart to be open so that we can love the way that you're teaching us to love versus loving when it's easy. Loving when we like it, loving when it's love that's given back to us. Help us, God, to be like you because you love the Satanist. You love those who will never love you back. Give us the spiritual maturity and the emotional intelligence to render agape to everybody we encounter. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees with that prayer, we'll just shout in the room, amen. Amen. Let's speak around this thought for this subject for part seven of our love is series when loving them is hard we dealt with a whole bunch we're seven weeks in this thing but how do you love when it's hard just a temperature check of the room is there anybody honest enough to say it's difficult to love certain people anybody anybody Oh, some of y'all are real saved. <laughs> Pray for me. Maybe y'all should be up here. <laughs> so we find ourselves navigating through a series of sermons for now seven weeks. Has this Love Is series been blessing anybody? Yes. It's almost over because in August we're starting a brand new series called Voices. That's going to be on a whole other level. I'm saving that one. But for now, we are continue, continuing and navigating through a series of sermons for seven weeks entitled, Love Is, a series designed and constructed by the Holy Spirit to help and build us to be better Christians, not better at being Christian-ish, yeah. okay? Because the way you treat people matters more than your podcasts, your YouTube, or any scriptures that you're posting that you don't practice anyway. God cares about the way you treat people. Unloving people, unhealthy people, overweight people, skinny people, black people, white people, straight people, confused people, gay people, the way you treat people. It's not about if you think they're holy enough. While we were yet sinners, he loved us. so th- this series is not designed to help you be better at being Christian-ish. Believe it or not, God cares more about your offline. <laughs> he cares more about your DMs, not your wall post. He cares more about your private betrayal than your public betrayal. <laughs> I care more about the way you treat people. So the goal is for us to be Christ-like. That's the target. That's the bullseye. That's where we're aiming at. We won't always hit it, but that's the goal. So the Holy Spirit desires for us to be mirrors of Christ. But sadly today, many of the mirrors have no reflection. Did y'all hear what I just said? We are summoned to be mirrors Christ but sadly today most of the mirrors have no reflection don't reflect grace but want to receive grace don't reflect support but you show when everybody support your business won't reflect generosity or mercy but we sure want people to be generous and show mercy to us therefore we have become people who are great with our post great with our lips but poor with our life and poor with our love I know, and it's going to get rougher. This word on today is possibly going to be one of the most challenging, convicting, edge-snatching, throat-grabbing, petty-exposing sermons throughout all of our Love Is series, especially if your feelings run management. (laughs) Amen. Especially if your feelings run management, because believe it or not, Scripture has not been made to coddle your feelings. And it's going to be hard for you to be spirit-led and feelings-ruled at the same time. That's going to be very difficult. It's going to be hard for you to not respond, or watch this, for you to respond with spiritual and emotional intelligence and witness awareness... Because we learned in this series, everybody wants the blessing of being a child of God. Right. But we don't want the responsibility of being a witness for God. It's going to be hard for us to not respond or for us to respond with spiritual maturity and emotional intelligence when your feelings are the chef and not the waiter. Wow. I'm simply suggesting and I'm simply trying to remind us that we don't become What we need to become by remaining what we are. No, this time you're going to need to be a loving person. This time you're going to need to be a patient person. This time you're going to need to be an honest person. This time you're going to need to be a self control person. This time you're going to have to be an integrity type of individual. And somebody may be saying, Pastor, I hear you but it's hard. Just because it's hard does not mean God is not using it. Just because it's hard does not mean God is not using it. I'm going to put my foot on the gas a little harder. The byproduct or the side effect of being sold out is hardship. That's why most people compromise. Talk, Holy Spirit. The side effect of being sold out is hardship. Endure hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ. The reason we compromise so much is because when it gets hard, we quit. When you don't like them, you let them know, I could turn up too. Just because it's hard does not mean God is not using it. You don't get more of one thing without more of the other. You you don't pray and ask God, send the rain, bless this ministry, and then don't expect to get mud and more traffic and things trying to slow you down. Because you don't get more of one thing without the other. You don't pray and ask God, please breathe on our ministry. Give exposure to my entrepreneurial pursuit. Bless my podcast. And don't expect more critics. Because people always try to criticize assignments they don't understand. Did y'all hear me? People always criticize assignments they don't understand. Maybe I'm like this because of my assignment. Maybe I'm focused like this because of my assignment. Girl, I don't understand why you're doing all that. You don't understand, nor were you given my assignment. Pastor, why are we going to Atlanta? Why we can't have it in Houston? You don't understand the assignment. People who are the most critical do not understand your assignment. You don't get more of one thing without the other. You're praying and asking God for clarity, asking God for discernment because you desire a spouse. Your prayer request will always be shadowed by a trap. Talk, Holy Spirit. That's why we had a whole series entitled Trap House, because the enemy will set up a trap so that you can feel as though your petition went unanswered when it was really you falling for a counterfeit that the enemy sinned so you wouldn't experience your blessing. talk, Lord. Pastor, I know who I am. I'm a whole meal. Then why do you keep handing out yourself a snacks? Y'all don't want to talk to me. Okay. Let me get back to my notes. <laughs> you don't get more of one thing without the other. And I want us to have discernment and spiritual maturity so sharp That we can ensure that the Holy Spirit has the mic and not your feelings. I just don't hear God's voice. Could it be because your feelings are at the mic? And not the Holy Spirit. Because feelings are wonderful when they're in the waiter position. They're horrible though when they're in the chef position. See when your feelings are waiter's. They will cause for you to produce whoever's cooking. (laughs) Whatever's at the center of your heart and of your soul, your feelings will produce it. But when your feelings are the chef, you have no choice but to live out how you feel. When you feel like quitting, you quit. When you feel like folding, you fold. I don't feel like reading my Bible. You won't. I feel like going over her house. You will. When your feelings are the chef, whatever you feel, you will produce. But if we can ever get Jesus at the center... If we could ever get Jesus at the chef position, you will finally have a old oh, taste and see posture. I tasted and saw and experienced the living water, and that's better than what they could offer. I experienced the living bread, and that's better than what they could offer. I've experienced grace, and that's better than what they could offer. I've experienced peace, and that's better than what they could offer. So the quintessential question on this afternoon is: who's feeding you? The good shepherd or your feelings. Pastor, why are you going so hard on feelings right at the beginning of this message? It's because as I was engaged in sermon prep and praying for God to breathe on this sermonic journey on this afternoon, he informed me, this sermon is gonna take pacifiers out. Yeah. This one, enough with goo goo ga -ga Christianity. In America, we have been pacified to death. So we can't even consume meat without (coughs) choking on it. We're so used to milk. This one's going to take pacifiers out. Enough with, it's my toy, and it's my money, and it's my time, and it's my life, and it's my mood, and it's my following, and it's my career, and it's my thoughts, and this is how I feel. I want my people to grow up. This one's gonna take the pacifiers away. This one's gonna take the Fisher-Price away. This one's gonna take the Gerber away. This one's gonna take the diapers away. Enough with you making a mess and sitting in it and expecting somebody else to change you. The Holy Spirit needs you to be able to follow his word which will change yourself. I didn't come to play today, y'all. I need my people to be mature. We have been pacified to death to where we can't handle storms. We can't handle persecution. Some of us don't like that somebody sitting next to you, thighs, touching your knee. You couldn't even imagine. In other parts of the world where they're getting killed for the gospel, torn bait pages of the Bible, and reading it together in rain, standing in mud. We won't come to church if it's a little too hot. <laughs> We need spiritual maturity. I need my people to mature. I need my people to mature. I need my people to mature. Babies like sugar. Babies consume sugar. But you're called to be salt. I need my people to mature. Understand this. Maturity has nothing to do with birthdays. Nothing. Maturity has nothing to do with you being bald head, bald headed, and having gray hairs. Because you could be a bald head, gray haired fool. Y'all know I like making my lip pain. <laughs> you could be a bald head, gray haired fool. You could have more degrees than a thermostat. I got a PhD. You could be a PhD holding fool. Just for me, somebody say oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Maturity, hear me, maturity is when you outgrow what used to fit. Yes. Maturity and growth is you're no longer interested by what used to interest you. Oh See, if you're not there yet, it's okay. Keep coming to church. Keep coming to discipleship. Keep coming to small group. I promise you, this is a local church that does not accommodate babies we help you grow up because the times that are coming on the earth you can't have lukewarm faith in a hellish season and we're trying to ensure that you know Jesus outside of Jerry saying study your Bible you know Jesus outside of my mom saying study your Bible you have to have your own relationship the only reason we can get deceived by all of these wolves and pulpits is because we are biblically illiterate and we don't study the Bible for ourselves we don't read the scriptures for ourselves we don't pray for ourselves we don't fast unless it's corporate, we don't worship unless Tiana says lift your hands or Tanisha says it and so when you go through a storm you ask yourself where is God it's because you don't know him you cannot get close to anybody you don't spend time with I need I need my people to mature, if you're not there yet that's okay I promise keep coming we'll help you get there but is there anybody, maybe just two of us that you're like, you know what? I'm no longer interested in what used to interest me. I used to be interested in happy hour. I'm not anymore. I used to be interested in the strip club. I'm not anymore. If you're not there yet, it's okay, keep coming. I used to be interested in fast women. Now I want faithful women. I want a woman who's faithful and loves the Lord. I'm looking for a wife, not a play toy. If you're not there it's okay Keep coming I'm no longer interested in being petty with people I'm no longer interested When? (laughs) Somebody like help me It's coming Just keep coming Just keep coming It's okay just keep coming The goal is for us to be so mature That when we hear a word from God Our feelings won't dismiss it Before our spirit can consume it so let me, let me show you this in the text so you can see. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It says, so let us stop going over the basic teaching about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Let's move, like, after a while, I shouldn't be tempted by the same things I was tempted by in 2021. I shouldn't. There should be a level of maturity. Like, one brother said, yeah, but these, these women are still fine. Okay. I see fine too, bro. But I also have something called spiritual intelligence and I recognize just because it's fine does not mean it's not toxic. I'm not saying you have to give somebody who startles you if you roll over too fast in the middle of the night. (laughs) Married, of course. But I am saying you should be looking for what is God's will and who best complements God's will I'm not just going to church because it's popular Oh I saw him or her on TikTok Who edifies my spirit Where it helps me grow Somebody say maturity I promise you You're dangerous when you become mature Devils get terrified when you become mature Hell gets nervous when you become mature. In fact, I'm gonna help somebody. The way you could identify whoever's been praying this, God, is this your will, is this your will? The way you could identify if it's God's will or not, if they're from the enemy, they will help you remain immature. If they're from God, they will push you into a level of maturity. It might get on your nerves, but they're gonna help you grow up in the spirit. It might get on your nerves, but they're gonna help you get closer to Jesus. God is never going to give you or send you Anybody who takes you further from him, that's prophetic for somebody who's been praying it. I need my people to mature, so much so to where you don't end up clipping your wings so you can go back to crawling with immature people. I want to take you from glory to glory. But for you to level up, your maturity does, has to level up too. For you to experience the blessings I have for you, you're going to have to understand that I need you to be free from being incarcerated to an apology you're never going to get. Yeah. I'm talking to somebody. You are incarcerated to an apology that you're never going to get. I promise you this, not all the time, but the majority of the time, your pain will not be validated by people who caused it. So, you're gonna have to be able to mature where I could move on even if they don't own what they did. Yeah. I told us this several times. The reason Pharaoh committed genocide is because he wanted to stop something from maturing. Yeah. The reason Herod committed genocide, he wanted to stop something from maturing. The enemy hates when you are focused on growing up. Yeah. Somebody shout maturity. So, there, there, there's some, I'm trying, bro. So, there's, there's some ways for you to identify emotional maturity. But before I give you these four points on how you can identify them, this is why we do Therapy Thursday. Amen. Because I, I recognize unaddressed trauma will cause for you to project thought bubbles on people. And so, you will treat somebody out of your thought. You can't love them like Christ tells you to love them, not always because of what they did, but because of unaddressed trauma of what somebody did. You're projecting your thought on them. So good, y'all. There's a level of pain that if we don't deal with, it will keep us immature. And this is an epiphany I have with myself. I understand that, okay, your inner child and inner pain are connected. And so I asked myself this question, how would you talk to your son, Jerry, if he was hurt? That changed everything for me. Because some of us, you have inner pain that's connected to your inner child and you talk to yourself like this, man, you're so stupid. Man, what was I thinking? How would you talk to a child that was hurting? Some of us need to recognize you still have a little child that's hurting, change the language. Of adult, because you're an adult, because inwardly, I'm still a child. I'm trying to help us, man. Healing can happen faster when you learn to love and treat people where they are versus where you want them to be. Okay, so four points on emotional maturity. Emotional maturity is the ability to, number one, remain in self-government. This is how you identify emotional maturity. It's when I can remain in self-government. It's the fruit of the spirit, self-control. Number two, emotional maturity is your ability to identify when somebody's projecting on you versus holding you accountable. They just don't want me to win. They just don't want me to be happy. Or they're holding you accountable. Emotional maturity Is when you can identify when someone's projecting on you versus holding you accountable. Number three, emotional maturity is your ability to outgrow what used to fit. I can't fit in cursing people out on 45 anymore. I can't fit in that. I used to, but I, I can't fit in that anymore. Number four, emotional maturity is the ability to consume what makes you grow. This word might be tough, but it makes you grow. Maturity. Maturity. Can I get us to say this confession? Everybody in the house and in the overflow and watching online, I want you to put this in the room in all caps. Can I get all of us to say, Father? Father. No, I want you to make it personal. Say, Father, Father. increase my maturity. Increase my maturity. And And my love. I want to be an effective witness. One more time. Father, Father, increase my maturity maturity. and my love. love. I want to be an effective effective. Witness. witness. If you could love those who love you back, what good is that to you? Sinners do that. If you could be good to those who are good to you, Good is that. Sinners do that. If you could lend to those and respect repayment, what good is that to you for even sinners do that? But I tell you, love your enemies. Be good to them. Lend to them and hope for nothing in return. When you do this, then your reward will be great. When you do this, you will be called sons of the Most High. Church family, I find this rather interesting Enemies, a Judas, difficult people, however you want to put it Hard to deal with people are excellent training facilities That can reveal how deep the gospel has really gone in your heart (laughs) Hard, Hard to deal with people Hard to deal with people are excellent training facilities To really reveal are your reactions redeemed too Hard to deal with people Hard to deal with people Are excellent training facilities And are wonderful opportunities For you to display the love of Jesus to Because we learned this Every week for seven weeks now I've stated this over and over I said the DNA of the Christian These four chromosomes Love, that's what this text is talking about Repentance Be merciful just as God is merciful Obedience See, let's park there for a second. This text is not a suggestion, bruh. Right. Oh, y'all thought it was an elective? <laughs> no. This is not an elective. This is something for everybody who follows Jesus to obey as a command and a principle. Love, repentance, obedience, and giving God glory. Love your enemies. Jerry, I need my people to mature to such a degree where they can still display my love and still be a kingdom representative when you're dealing with people and things that don't love you back. Because verse 36, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Love even when it's hard. Jerry, I need my people to mature to such a degree where they can still display my love and still be a kingdom representative when you are dealing with individuals who have a struggle with owning their own flaws and have a sense of entitlement. Because just as God was merciful to us, I need you to extend mercy. I'm not, please don't misconstrue what I'm saying. You don't date enemies. Nowhere in the text does it tell you, befriend an enemy. Yeah. So for anybody's, I don't know that's hard. What category are they in? Right. You agape everybody. Right. Love, that's about the Father's will, not about your emotions and how you feel. That rhymed on accident. <laughs> <laughs> I need my people to mature so that they can still display my love and still be a kingdom representative when you're dealing with people who have stabbed you in the back and then they tell everybody else they're bleeding. That hurt, though. You don't think Judas betraying hurt me? (laughs) I need my people to be mature. You guys should see y'all faces. So look, look, if I can get us to understand this correctly, all right? Enemies, difficult, hard to deal with people, cannot stop you from obtaining what's yours. It can't. But your reaction to them can. Yep. That's where we need to park and talk. Hard to deal with people. They can't stop. If God has something for you, there is nobody walking the face of this earth. That could stop, delay, prolong, interrupt what God truly has for you. Some of us are mad because you lack faith in God's Word. If you understand that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, you understand it don't matter how much they try to stop me. They cannot stop me from obtaining what God has my name on. But your reaction to them can The way you respond to them can. Let me give you a Bible just in case y'all forgot. Y'all remember my boy Moses? (laughs) When he got so angry at those people? See, because often, ooh, I'm going to give y'all a bar. Oftentimes, anger is pain pretending to be powerful. You're so mad because it hurts so bad. Anger is pain pretending to be powerful. He was so mad dealing with those people complaining, I could just imagine if I was Moses. I have brought y'all out of Egypt when there were frogs around, <laughs> flies and boils and we didn't walk through a Red Sea that was supposed to be mud but it was dry ground and we walking through seeing Finding Nemo and Free Willy and all the whales going through the water and y'all still complaining about where's my food? I can't blame them. Yeah. Yeah. Moses got so mad, God gave him an instruction. Yes. He didn't speak to the rock, he hit it twice. I want you all to see just one verse on what happened because of this. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 50. Look at this. There on the mountain that you have climbed, you will die. And be gathered to your people just as your brother Aaron died on my oar and was gathered to his people. This is because both of you broke faith with me in the presence of my people. In the presence of the Israelites... At the waters of Mirabah Kadesh in the desert of Zin, and because you did not uphold my holiness among the Israelites, therefore you will see the land only from from a distance. You will not enter the land I am given to the people of Israel. You're telling me you're going to allow your reactions to cause for you to see what you're supposed to own? He got so mad. Must we fetch this water for you rebels? That's like me getting up here and calling y'all female dogs. Like, what's wrong with y'all female dogs? Y'all only read the word? Y'all ain't here. Nothing else I'm talking about. I'm going viral. I'm on everything. <laughs> the way you treat God's people is married to your promise. Please. Don't miss this, please. If I can get you to shift your perspective about how hard it is. If you can view it to where enemies are gift-wrapped as your promotion if you handle them right. Gosh. (laughs) The way you treat them is tied to your next level if you handle them right. Maturity doesn't mean you don't feel it. Maturity does not mean you don't feel it. It just means you know how to restrain it. I feel anger. I know how to restrain it. I get cut off on 45 too. I know how to restrain it. I deal with fools every day too. I know how to restrain it. I have people in my comment section who don't know me at all. They got so much to say about me. I know how to restrain it. Because I recognize the way I handle God's people is tied to how God handles me. See, I want to give you all a real basic example. I think about my son and my daughter. Josiah is 10 weeks old. When he wants and doesn't like something, he screams about it. Melody is 8 years old. When she doesn't like or she wants something, she informs somebody about it. Look at the difference in maturity. When I'm immature, I scream about it. When I've reached mature, I tell my father about it. (laughs) Y'all catching that? Which one are you like, a 10-week-old or an 8-year-old? Just because you feel it does not mean you're not mature. Maturity is the ability to restrain it. Hear me. Enemies, difficult people, hard to deal with people, will either plateau your life or promote your life if you treat them right. Did y'all hear what I just said? Yeah. See, take the emphasis off of they didn't do it back to me. They didn't show up. They didn't, take The way I handle you is my promotion in disguise. This is why a lot of us need therapy, more than just Therapy Thursday. I'm working on something to help us more than just on Thursdays. But but you need to understand, stop letting your tongue loose when your heart is broken. You will either end up oversharing with the enemy or trying to fight an enemy. (laughs) How do you love when it's hard? And I know somebody's like, Pastor, this ain't deep. I know how to love when it's hard. I cut them off. <laughs> this is not deep. My cutoff game is swole. I cut the umbilical cord coming out the wound. My cutoff game is on some ne- next level. You need to cut it. Like, I know. <laughs> Any, anybody in the room, your cutoff game is strong? It don't take much. I promise it don't take much. I know how to cut off quick. You'll be cut off and didn't even know you were cut off. Didn't even know. I hear you. I hear you. But um, sometimes cutting them off is cutting promotion off. Okay. All right. Keep that same energy for everybody. Yeah. Sometimes cutting them off Is cutting your promotion off. Your upgrade and your blessing is tied to how you manage them. (laughs) Okay, all right. So to to better understand this, there are really two reasons why I believe God wants us to have spiritual maturity. The first one is every adversary is not meant for you to fight as a warrior. Some are meant for you to stand as a witness. This is so powerful, y'all. Every every adversary you face is not one that you need to fight as a warrior. Some, you just stand as a witness. Ephesians 6, verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand... Stand firm, then. Okay, so to break this down a little more, the word stand in Hebrew is Ahmad. Ahmad. It means literally to be rooted or to stand by until. I didn't even know when we did Planted, the first series of this year, that this will complement that. To be able to stand is to be rooted and to stand by until God gives me further instructions. You don't fight, you stand. You Ahmad. I want to show you how powerful this is. Once you know how to stand, then you can have kingdom standards. Keep going. Once you know how to stand and have kingdom standards, regardless of the storm, I'm stationary. Once you know how to stand and have kingdom standards and your stationary, regardless of what you go through, then I could understand God's method. Because I understand his statures. Y'all hear me? But you won't get that if you don't know. Sometimes you don't fight as a warrior. You stand as a witness. Now, this is really hard for all of my fighters in the room. For all of my people, I'm nookin' and buckin', I'm ready to fight, all of those? <laughs> this is hard. Because you tied people understanding your value to fighting. Wow. They gonna know not to mess with me. They gonna know I am not the one. You can try everybody else, but you don't wanna try me. <laughs> Somebody's toes, I told you, your scalp, your throat, not your throat, your throat, all of it. There are some people who are fueled by feuds. They like, they, like they're fueled by it. Can I give y'all a word? When you have spiritual maturity, you understand this. I don't fight for free. I don't fight for free. You're not going to catch Jerry and Walmart fighting for somebody for free. I don't get paid for that. I don't fight for free. I fight for peace. I fight for my purpose. I fight for my calling. I'm going to leave here with something. If I'm fighting, I'm leaving with something. I don't fight for free. I fight for clarity. I fight for discernment. I fight for joy. I fight for my generation. I fight for my marriage. I fight for my heart. I fight for what God has called me to do. I don't fight for free. Every adversary is not meant for you to fight as a warrior. Some are meant for you to stand as a witness. Number two, adversaries are married to promotion. Gosh, if y'all. Adversaries and promotion are married. Don't mismanage the promotion because you mistreated the adversary. This will shift your whole perspective. Adversaries are married to promotion. Bible all day. Goliath and Saul transitioned David from being a shepherd to a giant slayer and a new king. Because adversaries are married to promotion. Haman transitioned Mordecai. From being just Esther's cousin to being a man that the king delights to honor in. Y'all should read the story of Esther. And you'll see that Haman hated Mordecai because Mordecai didn't bow down to him. Because Jews only bowed and worshipped their God. So Haman was like, you know what, I'm going to kill this dude. But what Haman didn't remember was Mordecai heard of a time when there there was an assassination attempt to kill King Xerxes. So Xerxes was up at night he couldn't sleep because sometimes God will communicate to you in your dreams when you don't give him the time during the day Maybe it's not insomnia he's trying to get a message to you So he couldn't sleep and he thought to himself man Whatever happened to that dude that saved my life from that assassination attempt And it just so happened Haman was in proximity to the king and he said hey Haman come here What should the king do? To the man that he delights to honor him. Now Haman's old so arrogant butt was thinking the king was talking about himself. So he said, you know what you should do? You should get a horse where, where he could sit on a horse that the king rode. You should parade him through the city and have people shout, this is what happens to the individual that the king delights to honor him. And the king said, that sounds like an excellent idea. Go do that to Mordecai. The very person that he hated. Go do that to Mordecai. So Haman had to see the person that he hated on a horse going through the city saying, this is what happens when you are one that the king delights to honor in. You don't have to fight for you if you let God do it. I promise God fighting for you is better than your hands, better than your Glock, whatever you think you got. I promise God's methodology of fighting for you will be so much better. Then your 140 character words that you say online on threads or whatever social media platform you got. Let God fight for you. This also happened with Jesus. The Pharisees and the Sadducees transitioned Jesus from being the sacrificial lamb to becoming the resurrected king. I'm giving you Bible after Bible where you can see hard to deal with people oftentimes are your promotion in disguise. And some of us are hating the very thing God is going to use to promote you. Can we talk? Can God trust you with trouble? Like, I think about Joseph. The very people who hated him were actually instrumental in transitioning him from being a dreamer to the second most powerful man in Egypt. But then the very people who hated you in one season needed you in the next. Do you have the maturity enough to help people who hated you in one season? But now God puts you in a position in the next season where they need you. Can God trust you with trouble? I know you think God could trust me with a platform. He could trust me with a race. But can he trust you with difficult people? Hmm. I'm discovering this rather quickly in just the genesis of my ministry tenure. That God seems to have a methodology where he likes to put us in situations and scenarios where we don't know how to get out of it if he doesn't intervene. I'm experiencing this in real time, in the house and online. I don't know how we're going to get a million dollars. But it's like God likes placing you in situations to where when he does it, you can't give anybody the credit but him. It's like God likes putting you in difficult situations Because once it's difficult and then it becomes impossible, the only thing that can happen next is a miracle. So if you don't know how to handle difficult, if you don't know how to embrace impossible, you're not conditioned for the miracle. This is why I believe he let Lazarus die. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to come to you when you want me to come. I'm going to make sure it's dead. Go ahead and try to perform CPR to it. Try to resuscitate it. I want want it to be pronounced to everybody that this is dead. So when I come on the scene, I can step in and show that I'm God and that I'm God all by myself. Sometimes God wants to show you that I'm running this. But can I trust you with trouble? Can I trust you with trouble? When the surgeons are confused, the healthcare professionals are confused, they had your surgery date already scheduled. But when you did the MRI again, when you did the ultrasound again, they can't find the cyst on your ovary. They can't find the lump on your breast. I'm not up here preaching to you some fairy tale that actually happened to a woman here in this church. It's just God stepping in and showing I'm God and I'm God all by myself. Can I trust you with trouble? When the EMTs are confused and the police officers are confused, the fire department had to use the jaws of life to get you out of the vehicle. And you come out without a scratch and you come out without an abrasion and they don't understand how you're still surviving. It's because sometimes God wants to see can I trust you with trouble so I can step in and show that I'm God and I'm God all by myself. When you filled in the application and they filled out the application, they have more qualifications, but you have more God. It's because he wants to show you, can I trust you with trouble? Because I like situations where I can step in and flex that I'm God and I'm God all by myself. You don't get the miracle without the impossible. I feel like preaching in here. See. You will never know him as Elohim unless he allows you to be in a chaotic situation and you still have peace. You'll never know him as Jehovah Jireh, your provider, until you're in a situation where you're like, God, how are we going to raise the money? God, how are we going to do this? You'll never know him as a God who can make a way out of no way unless you're in a situation where a red sea's in your front and Pharaoh's army's behind your back. You'll never know him as the fourth man in the fire with you unless he allows you to be faced in the fiery furnace. You'll never know him as the God who knows how to shut the mouth of the lion I left he allows you to spend the night with beasts can God trust you with trouble Can I trust you with trouble it's how I take you to another level of intimacy with me Change your perspective this is not just an enemy this is your promotion in disguise but how you treat them will determine where I take you. And far be it from us that we become people who see promises but never own because of how we treated people. I'll give you these four points, five points and so we can go home. Number one from this passage, we see the command about loving our enemies. Not the option but the command. Remember, we learned this in the series. Why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? If you love me, keep my commandments. This is really God showing us how to get blessed. Every enemy is a promotion in disguise. And if you wanna be petty, cause I make sermons think about devil's advocates. I ain't got nothing for my toxic mama. How is that a promotion? It promotes your character. It promotes self-control. Every enemy, hard to deal with person, is promotion and disguise. This text also teaches us, number two, the manner of loving our enemies. I'm still good to you. I'll still lend, and I don't expect nothing back. That's not even your character. If I give, it's not out of people pleasing. It's because the Spirit prompted me to do this. You pray for your enemies, you know why? Because you don't want to. You know how praying for your enemies sounds like? God bless them. God, I pray that you pour favor out on them. I pray that you blow blow their mind with your goodness. And when you're really spiritually mature... You begin to pray for them because you recognize if you mess with one of God's children, right now. <laughs> there's something God's going to do to correct you, and I don't want him to do that. That's the right heart versus I do, pastor. I know what it feels like for God to try to get your attention. I don't want that for you. So I'm going to pray that you come to the knowledge of truth You pray for your enemies. Number three, this text shows us the rule for loving our enemies. Now, I I do have to say this. When you have the revelation of the nature of a thing, its character will never shock you. Remember, we talked about that. Okay? So the reason I want to emphasize that is because it's not selfish for you to steward your sanity. Okay? Because I know somebody would take this all out of context. It's not selfish for you to steward your sanity. Kingdom boundaries don't limit love, but they do protect your love from being contaminated. Does this make sense? I don't like snakes. I don't. I'm not going to look for one to kill. If I see one, I'm backing up. Its nature doesn't shock me if it tries to bite me. Snakes can shed their skin, but not their nature. So when you understand the rule of this it's what Jesus says in verse 36 just as the father has been merciful to you let's go back a few series you owe 19.2 billion that's right that's right you don't know what I'm talking about go watch i got receipts whatever this enemy did you owe me 19.2 billion treat them with love but it's not selfish for you to steward your sanity. Love does not mean that I'm going to go hang out and go on a vacation with them. It's not what it means. But it does mean if they happen to be on a vacation I'm still going to speak to them. If I'm in line and they're short for whatever they're getting I got it. not you doing it to please them you're doing it to please God because there were times when you didn't love God back this takes maturity y'all number four the reward of loving our enemies I pray that this shifts your perspective and I hope everybody leaves here thinking that you know what enemies are God's creation too and if they repent, they're getting saved just like you. Yes, right. Right. Whatever they did, you're going to go to heaven, you're going to see them there too. I'm like, Jesus, I know you did not let <laughs> After that heifer, I'll watch it. <laughs> the reward for loving our enemies is God calling us sons of the most high. Now remember, sons and daughters have access to everything their father has. You can't have the king's stuff without honoring the king's word. Lastly, I've said it over and over. They are promotion in disguise. Promotion in disguise. Hear me. They can't stop what God has for you to obtain. But your reaction to them can. God, thank you for this word. Even though it can be difficult for us to digest, help us to always remember the love that you had for us. And I pray, God, that we will heal on the inside so that trauma won't eclipse obedience. Help us, Father, to be more like Christ. We're going to fall short. We're going to miss it. But that sure is where we're aiming. And God, to the best of our capability, give us the spiritual maturity to be able to handle people the way that you desire for us to treat them versus our feelings being the chef. We're asking that you do it in Jesus' name. And everybody agrees with that prayer, would you say amen? amen. Was this good for somebody? Kind of rough for somebody? Yeah. Yeah. It's rough for me, too. I I promise you, I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know what it's like to not get closure. When I do Therapy Thursdays, I'm not talking about a book I read. I'm telling you Revelation and what I've I've experienced. 2018, I would never be up here. The way people did Jerry, they don't want my gift. They don't love me. I am done. Anybody ever been there? I am done. I am done. I'm just, you done. That's what I would say over, I am done. What team? I am done. It's just me and Tanisha. We don't need nobody else. Singing Tupac, all I need in this life is sin. I'm serious. That's how I felt. But I recognized the enemy was trying to contaminate my love, so I couldn't do this couldn't do this. I couldn't see people as fresh slates. So I pray that you feast on this word. And you're going to be challenged with it. You will be. It wouldn't be if, if I could think of it, surely the devil has. But it's an opportunity for us to grow. So if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want us to just say this prayer together. Everybody all over the building, can we say, God, God save me. Save I recognize that without you, without you, I'm lost. I'm lost. Thank you, Thank you. For, dying for, my sins for dying for my sins and redeeming me. And redeeming me. I, believe you. I believe you. I trust you. I trust you. Now, God, now God grow, grow, me you. Up. grow me up. Take the pacifier away. Take the pacifier away. Sharpen me, Sharpen me, and, me. And, make me a and make me a kingdom billboard. That's the least I could do. That's the least I could do. In, Jesus In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer yes you can clap and praise God for that <clears throat> if you said that prayer for the first time regardless in the house or online text the word fresh start to this number on the screen behind me or the lower thirds for everybody watching online and a video of myself will pop up just thanking you for making the best decision of your life and that is accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior if you desire to make this your church home now I must caution you we're a church that expects you to grow Okay, as each ultrasound is taken, we want to see some limbs. We want to see growth. If you desire to grow or make this your church home, we would love to serve you. We're not a perfect church, but we serve a perfect God. Um, Text the word membership to to the exact same number, 844-484-0836. I used to say we are a church that's in a season of transition, but I was speaking to a bishop this week, and he said, bro, transition is not a season it's it's a small gap between seasons and he said transitions aren't supposed to be states they're supposed to be a process where you're getting ready for a next season so we're a church getting ready for a next season yeah (laughs) so um, with all that being said all giving information is gonna be seen on the screen Behind us. Now, we we have meetings with bankers, with realtors. We get to walk through the building again this week on Tuesday. The sanctuary is beautiful, parking is beautiful, and I'm praying that this is God's will, but I've learned to always put, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. So we've had favor with our banking institution, and they told us, hey, this is how much we need to put down one million. One million. At first, I was like, man, that's a lot of money. I've never seen that much money in my life. My bank don't look like that. But then I was reminded of a message I taught, because sometimes God will speak to you through you. It's like the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. The earth is mine. You stood before my people, and you told them, you said, faith is when failure is 100% guaranteed, yes. unless God intervenes. Yes. Now you have the faith, yeah. and watch me intervene. Yes. So I have the faith, I have faith. I don't have mustard seed faith, I have like universe faith, big as the earth. But I'm petitioning you, and like I said, you know this is not myself, I don't do this, I don't think I've ever done this, but I'm asking please, Please, for what God is doing in the ministry, everybody watching online for where he's taking us. If you had never been in our church, we are packed. We are packed. People walk. We're trying to keep them from stop walking. We have overflow. Some people get mad. People have come to the church and left when they recognized they had to go to an overflow. That caused anxiety in me. Speaking to other pastors, like, that's not your problem. Dear God's doing this. If they're there for him, they will stay. If they're there for you, they will leave, and you want that. You don't want fans.